But strangely, at this moment, I am actually feeling quite relaxed. Hey. Welcome to Working Title, the show where we talk about books, movies, and everything in between. So, this is another episode that stemmed from my Twitter. Follow me at AshleyMarieWT. Now, don't worry if you didn't see these, they're pretty old at this point. But one was a picture of Lily James from the 2015 Cinderella movie, and basically me gushing over her dress. The second was a picture of Emma Watson in the 2017 Beauty and the Beast movie, and how much I cannot stand, present tense, her ball gown. Now, I'm going to circle back to these because especially the Beauty and the Beast example is important to my point, but that is what started this whole thing. Period pieces have been a staple of film for a while. The earliest example that comes to mind for me is The Private Life of Henry VIII from 1933. But obviously it goes farther than that. Even more recently, we've gotten movies like The Favorite from 2018, The Other Balloon Girl from 2008, and of course adaptations of Little Women, which coincidentally also had Emma Watson, and Pride and Prejudice. Of course, it's been a staple of TV as well, the most recent example being Bridgerton, which Queen Charlotte was released recently, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Should I talk about it? Like, I'm gonna watch it anyway, but should I dedicate an episode to it, is what I'm asking. <laughs> but with all these movies and shows being released, what obligation do writers have to be historically accurate? Obviously, there are instances where you have to be completely accurate, if it's a documentary or a biography. What I'm talking about is when and is historical fiction necessary in God damn it. What I'm talking about is when is historical accuracy necessary in fiction. God. Now, personally, I can ignore some inaccuracies for the sake of good storytelling. I'm an avid viewer of the Tudors for this exact reason. There are exceptions, but that is generally how I feel. Alright. Number one, historical accuracy is pretty necessary when it comes to the clothes, especially when the filmmakers say they're going for a more realistic tone. <sighs> Which brings us to Beauty and the Beast 2017. Before I go into this, I don't blame Jacqueline Duran for the faults with the costumes. I 100% blame director Bill Condon and Emma Watson. In an interview with the New Zealand Herald, Duran says that Condon made it very clear that he wanted the film to be set in the 18th century, which is fitting as the original story was released in 1740. This, of course, would put us in the Rococo era, a particular time in France defined by extravagant and elegant clothing. Obviously, there's more to it than that, but that's the, for our purposes, that's what we're focusing on. But overall, she did a really good job with this. The dress that the opera singer at the beginning wears, on top of being beautiful, is pretty accurate. Uh, but a lot of the side characters, and even the Beast, are fairly accurate. But then we get to Belle. Now, I'm going to get to her ball gown. But first I want to talk about her village dress, which I don't have a lot of issues with. My problem comes from the fact that Emma fucking Watson refused to wear a corset. Now, in and of itself, that's not a big deal. Well, she's a grown adult, she can decide... God damn. Uh. <laughs> she's a grown adult, she can decide what she does and doesn't want to wear. However, Watson's reasoning for not wearing a corset was that she wanted Belle to be a more active character. Which she already was, but whatever. But a corset would not fit with that storyline. 
Corsets for decades have been shown as these restrictive torture devices, which they simply weren't. While today they're primarily worn for fashion, corsets throughout history served the same purpose as modern-day bras, and if you were upper class, they were necessary to wear the clothes. The silhouette for this period was very wide, and often included a lot of layers, so dresses were very bottom-heavy. Corsets helped hold up a lot of that weight. Now, while the working class, which is what Belle is, doesn't have as much weight in their clothes as the upper class did, they still needed the support that a corset provided. If you watch during the beginning of the film, there's a lot of bunching in the bodice of her dress, which wouldn't be there if she had worn a corset. Now, for the actual dress that I have an issue with, that goddamn banana yellow Victorian nightgown. Going back to that New Zealand Herald article, Duran said the yellow dress was always going to be yellow in the film. She ended up making the dress very simple, allowing the focus to be on the movement, which is fine if that's what they were going for. Her that's on them. But why does it have to be banana yellow? If you look at the 1991 version, it's elegant and extravagant, and while not having the Rococo silhouette, once again falling in line more with Victorian styles, still aligns with the ideals of the Rococo era. There's a lot of depth to it as she cascades down the staircase, the light hitting it in a way that can only be done with gold. The off-the-shoulder bodice flowing perfectly into the bell-shaped skirt, it just overall is a beautiful dress. Then we cut to Emma Watson. Her dress is flat in comparison, the skirt falling flat having no structure to hold it, the dress itself being made completely of the same shade makes for an overall very boring dress. Creative liberties are going to happen, they're necessary, so when doing a period piece you have to kind of toe the line between the creative and the accurate. A show that does this really well is Bridgerton. The show, taking place in 1813, puts us in the Regency era, the fashion of this time being very simple, straight silhouettes and empire waistlines. This personally isn't my favorite era in fashion history, I just don't like empire waistlines. But the costumes in this show are amazing, adding a lot of jewels and layers. I think it helps that we follow an upper class family, so we get to explore fashion a lot more than we could with a working class family. But these are examples of going for a realistic tone. What about things like Cinderella that are pure fantasy? The thing about fantasy as a genre is that it does pull from historical events. Examples include Twilight, Edward being infected with the Spanish influenza, Vampire Diaries, Damon was a Civil War soldier. But then of course you have things like Cinderella or Lord of the Rings that take place in fictional lands with no obvious ties to our world. However, when you look at the costumes, you can see some elements of our world. In an interview with California Unpublished, Sandy Powell, the costume designer for 2015's Cinderella, said she was trying to go for 19th century meets 1940s. In that, she succeeded. If you look at Cinderella's ball gown, it pulls a lot from Victorian styles, with the off-the-shoulder bodice and the bell-shaped silhouette ideas that were very common, especially in the early Victorian, like 1840s or so. Uh, as the period went on, we got slimmer and slimmer silhouettes, eventually leading us to the Edwardian style with big backs <laughs> in the skirt, and then the skirt itself being very thin. Um, this is one of my favorites, especially early Victorian, but it is very interesting to see the progression of skirts getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. 
Uh, yeah, it went off script, so I have to find where I am. Um, do, do, do. But then you look at her shoes, and they fall more in line with the fashion of the 40s. The blending of these two periods so well gives the fantasy of a story like this while keeping it grounded enough for audiences to enjoy. I asked earlier what obligation do writers have to be historically accurate. I think the answer to that is, it depends. What's the story you're trying to tell, and what tone are you going for? The Tudors, while not being completely accurate, pulls a lot from the life of King Henry, and it doesn't need to be completely accurate. It's a dramatized version of his life. Or Bridgerton, to a certain extent, they had to change history to tell the story they wanted to tell. Even Beauty and the Beast, despite my gripes with I have with her dress, it's a fairy tale story, and the costumes for the side characters in Belle's Day dress are accurate. So ultimately, it comes down to intent and tone. Another episode completed. Honestly, I enjoyed writing this one. It might take after spot as my favorite episode. I hope you enjoyed. I might put a poll or a question at the bottom of this episode asking if I should talk about Queen Charlotte. If you want to suggest episodes, get updates on episodes, or you just want to chat, follow me on Twitter at AshleyMarieWT, or you can email me at AshleyMarieWT at gmail. Until next time, peace out. On to the next one, bitches!